Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, and I am joined, as always, by Luke Acri. What is up, everybody? Our guest today is a very well-known figure in the financial services industries, probably one of the best-known thought leaders when it comes to marketing systems and prospecting. He is Bill Good, chairman and founder of the Bill Good Marketing System, and the author of two books on prospecting, Prospecting Your Way to Sales Success and Hot Prospects. He's written over 300 articles for major financial services magazines and is currently working on the future of Bill Good Marketing, including the Gorilla CRM system. We also recently had the pleasure of co-hosting a webinar with Bill, which you can find at ReminderMedia.com slash referral dash webinar. Mr. Bill Good, welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to be here, Josh. What a, what a pleasure. Bill, man, it is amazing to have you on, guys. Bill is a legend, for lack of a better word. I remember the first time I got to meet Bill, we were out in San Diego, and Andrew, who's my vice president of financial services, was in the financial services arena for like 20 years before he came to Reminder Media. And when he found out that we were (laughs) going to be in the same room (laughs) as you, Bill... He was like a schoolgirl. It was so funny. He was like, this guy's a legend. And I was just like, okay, now you know Bill, obviously, getting to know me a little bit. My background's not necessarily the financial world, though we work and have tons of clients in the financial arena. But it was so crazy. But what's been amazing about getting to know you, Bill, and then learning more about you and your business is that everybody that I come into contact with has heard about you that's in the financial industry. And they speak extremely highly of you. And I always tell my people and then people I come into contact with the true test of someone's character and what they bring to the table is really consistency and what they can bring over time. And you've had a career of helping financial advisors and helping really business owners grow their practice. And it's not just something you did for a short span of time. It's something you've done. Yeah, (laughs) I see you (laughs) nodding your head. It's something you've done consistently, which is a huge testament to our audience listening to this. Guys, pay attention to this podcast because you truly are about to listen to a man that has not just done this once. This guy has been doing this for years and years and years, and it's an honor to have him on our podcast. So, Bill, you know, I'm going to throw it to you and ask you if you could just introduce yourself to our audience and really just give them kind of your backstory, for lack of a better word, how you got into doing what you're doing and this long road that you've been on and and kind of bring us back up to today. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the not not the Cliff Notes version, but a little bit longer version than that. Okay. okay? Um, I in a long time ago, let's say about the time of Noah's flood, <laughs> I w- I was the editor of a little entertainment magazine in Los Angeles, and that magazine went broke on a Friday. I quit on Thursday. Oh wow, good timing. And I. I needed a job on Monday. I did not have the liberty at that time to go do a long job search. I had a wife and a daughter, and so we had to put food on the table. And so the question that my wife and I asked that weekend was, what can a guy who can speak, I did done a lot of speaking, and write do to make money on Monday? And the answer was, why don't you get a job selling? Mm. And so this was a particular time when the price of oil was going through the roof. There were gas lines in Los Angeles. And so it didn't make any sense to get an outside sales job. So I took an inside sales oh, job. Wow. 
And my, my first training program was a guy saying, hi, my name is Don. Uh, here's the official company pitch. I sit down here. If you have any questions, come see me. <laughs> and that was exactly what he said. <laughs> and I thought about it for a minute, and I said, um, who around here is making the most money? Well, it's this guy down here. And I said, but he let me sit and listen to him for a day or two. Mm. Hey, Don, can he, can he listen to you? Yeah, okay. So I sat there for two days, not making a dime, writing down what he said. And I, it didn't take long to figure out he was not using the official company script. <laughs> so I started doing what he was doing. And I, I got to be the number two guy in that company. And he, ne he never, I know there was something he never told me. That's awesome. Because he kept, he, he kept number one. <laughs> and after a while, I talked my way into a sales manager's job. And after a while, I had built up a crew of people. I had 83 people reporting to me directly. Oh, wow. And th don't, don't do that. Okay. That's not, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's your not first fun. golden nugget for the podcast. Do not have 83 direct reports. <laughs> yeah. In the course of doing that, I, I discovered a fundamental principle that I would later use to change the way prospecting was done in the financial services industry. Because I was reading books on everything, and some things I was reading didn't make sense. So one of the things that I, I, I was starting to question was what I would later call the old school principle that you never believe a prospect until he said no five, seven, 27, 525 times. <laughs> right. Because I took a group, two groups of people. I took the guys at the top of the pile and the guys at the bottom of the pile, and I got them to keep statistics. And the guys at the top of the pile were making more calls than the people at the bottom of the pile. So as I analyzed the people at the bottom of the pile, I found they were just talking and talking and talking and trying to overcome all these objections and stuff. So I said to them, okay, we're at, after you've made three attempts to handle objection, you got to hang up and go on to the next. Mm. And calls went up and sales went up. And I'm thinking, well, this is interesting. I wonder how far we can take this. So my next instruction was you can handle two objections. Hmm. Calls went up, sales went up. I'm thinking, I'm starting to feel like a heretic now in the church of sales. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm flying in the face of people off the hook, very, right? yeah. uh, very established, long-time wisdom mm -hmm. in sales. So I, I took it to one time. I would stand over them sometimes. I'd snatch the phone out of their hand and hang it up. Oh, wow. And you know what the last piece of it was, don't you? We, I had no golden okay. nugget, if ladies somebody, and gentlemen. If, if somebody said I'm not interested or gave the objection, you had to you had to get off the phone. So I didn't allow him to handle any objection. <laughs> wow, dude, you're blowing Luke's mind right this now. This is yeah, I am <laughs> like, please keep going. <laughs> All right. So, and and there's there I I nearly double the statistics of this group of bottom feeding salespeople mm. simply by getting them to stop. Yeah trying to handle objections. Mm. And this led later on to a, a theory that I would call the cherries and pits theory. Yeah. And the idea was as a prospector, and this applies to anybody who's listening to this call, as a prospector, 
whatever whatever methods you're doing to prospect, when somebody tells you they're not interested, believe them. Mm-hmm. And tell them you got to learn how to say the words thank you very much as a single word. Thank you very much. And hang up and go on <laughs> to the next. Mm. Because what you're looking for as a prospector is some is someone who is interested in your product or service and can afford to buy it. And that right. that, that became our definition of a cherry. Okay. So the, the, the prospector today picks the cherries, not the pits. Mm. I love that. I actually agree with that is when you're in the prospecting, which is probably surprising for a lot of our listeners, when you're in the prospecting mode, it's I tell my guys, it's not about the no's and it's really not about the yeses. And, the, and what I tell them is that everybody can get the yeses. Even bad salespeople can get the yeses. It's about the maybes. It's about how many, and it's a similar type philosophy or methodology that you're talking about. It's like, don't spend your time chasing no's when you're prospecting. So I love that. I taught people to say, you know, if if in the prospecting process, they might say, well, you know, I, I, I guess I'm kind of interested. And my response was, well, it doesn't sound like you are at all. <laughs> That's being direct right there. Because I really am looking for someone who is interested and qualified right now. Now, I love that. And how, how do we know if we're interested? They're interested. We ask them, are you interested in whatever it is you're selling? You're interested. Well, not really. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. And because you're looking, you're like a gold prospector. You're not trying to convert base metal into gold and dirt and gravel and grit and mud converted into gold. You're trying to get rid of the bad stuff. Yep, and sales is a numbers game. And sales is a numbers game. Well, to make a bit of a longer story short, I, I my boss at that company decided I was making too much money. And he, <laughs> he came up with what I would later call an income reduction plan. <laughs> All of us salespeople have experienced that before. <laughs> And and so when he, when he did that, I immediately decided I knew enough to sell what I knew. And six months later, I retired. My wife and I took a two-day retirement trip. And Monday morning, I hit the ground running. And I, a few months later, I gave a seminar on telephone prospecting. Hmm. And a guy from E.F. Hutton showed up. And I called him and found out who buys that kind of stuff for E.F. Hutton. He introduced me to the regional sales manager. And a few months later, I got a I got a call from him. They wanted me to train the rookies when they got back from New York. Nobody was teaching them how to go find business. And that's what I did. Mm. And that that led to uh, I, I wound up with an account with then Dean Witter. I did. I sold them a package of 700 seminars to train all of their advisors twice. Wow. Uh, and in the process of doing that, I could see that song and dance was coming to an end. And I, I knew I needed to come up with something else or I was going to be dead in the water. I was going to be selling used cars or something. <laughs> and I came up with a concept of a marketing system. And this was in the really in the dawn of the computer age. Mm. And we, the, the, the first, my first effort to test an idea was to send 700 letters from a local advisor in Salt Lake. And he made, I don't know, 70 or $80,000 on that mailing. Wow. And so that led some period of time later to what I would immodestly define as the Bill Good Marketing System. Mm 
which is a CRM-based client marketing, prospecting, and practice management system. And as we talked about on our on our our webinar last week, one of the channels of developing new business, which we fully address, is referrals. Right. And I, I think you want me to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I no, yeah, I do. Radical I, views on it does actually. In fact, the webinar when we first when you first presented it to me, it was kind of like at first it kind of hit me as like, wait, how is this? even possible because the title of the webinar that you gave us when we were discussing it in the brainstorming sessions was how to generate referrals without asking. And it really broke down into three different strategies to generate referrals without asking. And I'm full transparency. Everybody knows me who, you know, listens to me. They know I tell you ask for referrals, but the, the reality of the principles that you talk about really, really resonate with me, especially we literally just did a podcast on reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all about this doing, giving, giving, giving instead of taking, taking, taking. And there's three principles really that, you know, I see that you've laid out for how to generate referrals without asking. So, Bill, could you walk us through kind of those principles so our audience, you know, can take notes of, hey, guys, you know, you want to grow your business by referrals. If you're in real estate, 64 percent of your business should be coming from referrals. That's what the National Association of Realtors says. So your income is directly correlated to the amount of referrals you're going to get. So wouldn't it be nice to just wake up and have referrals come to you and not actually have to ask for them? So could you walk us through those strategies, Bill? Sure, sure. Let's first start with a a definition of a referral. And as I give you this definition, you guys listening to this podcast, I want you to ask yourself the question, the, the people I'm describing in this definition, are they not the ones that become buyers? Is it the people you ask for that become buyers or is it the people that come to you that become buyers? Mm -hmm. That's a key question. So the definition I have come up with for a referral is that it is a name volunteered by a client. Okay. Of someone needing help. Yeah. Let's just take some examples in different industries. Suppose I'm a a realtor Mm -hmm. and I sell a house and I do a really good job on the house. And the the client tells his brother-in-law, God, you need to call Bill Good. And he calls Bill Good. That's a real referral. Agree. Yep. Because uh, that's a real referral. But if I say to somebody, who do you know that maybe want to sell their house? So he said, well, I call my brother-in-law. So I called the brother-in-law and said, hey, Bob, my name's Bill Good. Uh, your, your brother-in-law gave me your name, suggested we should know each other. He did. <laughs> now he's mad at me and he's mad at you. <laughs> so I discovered first in my own business that the people who were becoming clients were met this definition of real referrals. It is a name volunteered. Mm -hmm. So so the question becomes, how do you get people to volunteer more? Because if you ask them, you're you're generating names and not referrals. Right. Yeah, it sounds sounds so passive. So how do you turn it to be proactive? Okay. All right. So let's take the the three strategies that we use, okay? Mm -hmm. And the first strategy... Is called develop top of the mind awareness. And I need to define this word. This is a good word. 
Top of the mind awareness is that thought that first occurs to someone when they are presented with a product category. So, Luke, I'm going to do a test on you. All right. I was a C student, but here we go. I'm just kidding. I was a right. B plus student. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So I, I, I'm going to give you a product category. You tell me what product first comes to mind. Okay. Sure. Yep. Smartphones. Android. Okay. Airlines. American Airlines. Okay. Hotels. Hyatt. Fast food. Ooh, McDonald's. Okay. Those companies have top-of-the-mind awareness with you. Agree. Now, let's just take, let's, again, let's take real estate for just a moment. There's nobody out there that doesn't know several real estate agents. There's that many of them. So when the brother-in-law comes and says, you know, I, I'm thinking about selling my house, who do you recommend? Your name has to come to mind first. Correct. And so how do we get the name in mind first? Well, it's, it's called simply you stay in touch with the people you've done business with, with your clients. And that can be in the form, should be at least partly in the form of a physical letter that you send to them. And we think it should be done once a month. Uh, when you get their birthday, you send them a birthday card. Uh, if they're, if you hear about them or read about them, they've done something good, you can send them a congratulations notice. And you, it, you need to be in touch with people. The number we've kind of settled on is somewhere between 22 and 30 times a year. It's very interesting, and I'll make the point, Bill, because you have settled around, you said 22 to 30 plus times a year. Right. So Gary Keller, guys, right, uh, and the Keller Williams, you know, everybody knows that the millionaire real estate agent, this book he wrote. And this is obviously Bill Good is the a legend in the financial arena, although these principles apply in all these industries. Gary Keller, completely different industry. What does he preach? He preaches top of mind awareness. He calls it mind share. Yeah. And he calls <clears throat> he says you have to be number one or number yeah. two. And then he talks about, right. and what is it, 33, 33 touch touches. points. Yeah. So that's so interesting. I just wanted to point that out to the audience that here is two different people building businesses, two different industries, for lack of a better word, but coming to the same conclusion. And that, and I believe that's because human beings are the same. You know, industries change, but human beings are the same. Yeah. And how you get in front of them and how you build like that mind share, it's all about. And you touch on sending letters. Would you recommend to people life events? Is that what you recommend sending letters around yeah. is around life events? Well, you, 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 it can be done. All right. Life events are, 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 are good. We, we like birthdays. We like uh, uh, wedding anniversaries, uh, certainly funerals, life events. You got you to gotta have something really tasteful for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when a client or a prospect does something significant and they, they get voted the chair of the local Rotary Club or whatever, a congratulations. Uh, and all of these things are really just excuses. If you want to get, get down to it for keeping your name in front of them yet another time. Agree. Because yeah. sooner or later, somebody's going to come to that financial services client and say, you know, I'm inheriting some money from Aunt Martha. I had no idea she loved me at all. Well, she loves me $4 million worth. And I, <laughs> I, I, I don't have, no, I have no idea what to do with this. Who, who do you recommend? 
It's it's that name that pops to mind first that's going to get the referral. Yeah. I need an Aunt Martha. I'm just going to point that out. I need myself an Aunt Martha. Everybody needs an Aunt Martha. <laughs> no, I agree. Some of, some of it is is it's like when you classify it from marketing, and Josh, I don't know if you agree with this, From a, it's branding, right? It, yeah. it is like when I thought of fast food, I don't really eat McDonald's, but they have branded that top of my yeah, but it's a they combination own that of, word. It's a combination of both because when, when mentioned smartphones, I think most people would probably say Apple or an iPhone. Mm-hmm. You have an Android. So yep. for you, it's personal. I think that's very, very important. That that's a great point. It right. has to be personal. I think that was the point that Bill was making in terms of top of mind awareness for you is, is going different. to be different yep. than top of right. mind awareness for me. But I love what you said there where cons- constantly looking for excuses. You know, you have to have right. that mindset as a service-based sales professional or as, a, as someone that provides a service to your clients. You have to be obsessed almost with looking for excuses to touch base with your clients. Yep. Right, right. So what is the second so, strategy, uh, Bill? So top of mind awareness is the first. What's the second strategy? Uh, that they should be doing. Okay. The the second strategy is create word of mouth with your clients. Okay. So what do you mean by create word of mouth? All right. People, if someone, let's say, is looking for a financial advisor, before they come to Joe Blow, who's a, who's a wealthy guy in, in the community, what do they want to know? They want to know, A, that he is successful, and they would really like to know that he's happy with his financial advisor. Mm-hmm. So how does that get communicated? Well, it gets communicated by giving the, these clients something to do. And these are called events. So th- just, just to take an example, a, a lot of our financial services clients in, in the month, late April or early May, will do a shredding event. Okay. Yeah, well, what is, that doesn't sound like very much fun. Well, they, they make it fun. They get, they get somebody that's got pulled around one of these grills and they cook breakfast on a Saturday morning. They get some local banjo player and he's sitting over on the corner strumming away. They got a big shredding truck and people getting rid of all this stuff and they see people they haven't seen in a while. So now somebody goes to church or plays golf on Sunday. Hey, what'd you and Marge do on the weekend? We went to a shredding party. Well, that doesn't sound fun at all. Well, my financial my financial advisor, Joe Blow, so they're talking about this person. Yep. And the, 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 there, there, there is a phenomenon called engagement where a, 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 a provider of a service, such as real estate services or financial services or insurance services, they engage with some people, and when that engagement occurs, the, the client regards them as more than a service provider. They are they are really almost part of the family life. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. Yeah, and definitely. It's 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 the engaged clients who provided who provide referrals. Mm-hmm. So the trick is to to help to target out people who are socially well connected. I mean, you can have a great client who's a recluse. And he might love you. He's not going to, he's not going to refer you to anybody. He doesn't know anybody to refer you to. It's, it's the people who are well connected and engaged. So that involves having an event strategy. And that means you got to have an entertainment budget. Mm. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people miss that. I would, I would imagine. 
that a lot of people, when right. you present that to them, haven't thought about that specifically an entertainment budget. Well, it's intimidating too, because a lot of us aren't event planners or don't like to throw parties, so you get intimidated by it. Like it's very difficult. Well, we, we, we typically start people out with having them do birthday lunches. That's a great idea. Great idea. So how much does a birthday lunch cost? Well, if you can get four or five of the of the of your clients, good friends, his golfing buddies, his duck hunting buddies, her tennis partners, whatever. Okay. You take them to a, a, a trendy restaurant and you have a birthday lunch. And you don't talk about what you do unless you're asked. <laughs> So important. I have a financial advisor bill that's actually prospecting me right now and the way he's doing it. And it was clever. I I realized what he's doing just because of, you know, my world is marketing and I get the privilege of talking to people like you. But what he's doing with me is he's sending me an invite to take me to dinner. And he basically is the way he's prospecting me is going, hey, Luke, I basically get a bunch of like minded business minds together uh, people that are growing businesses, um, and we just go out to dinner and we mastermind. And when you look at, and he does it once a month, and it's you know he's going to take you to a nice restaurant. You're going to mingle with a bunch of other business people, but it's his way. It's that event. It's it's his way to not only nurture me as a prospect, mm-hmm. but then that you know word of mouth of referrals. It's that his way of doing that, right. So it can be All something right, so very simple. It doesn't have to be a, you know, blown out whole event. If you're you're scared, you can start literally with like what you said, a birthday lunch. You could start with a dinner, something very, very, very simplistic. Very simple. And if, if you if you do a good job with your CRM, you begin to record the things that people are interested critical. in. Yeah, that's critical. So if, if someone were to invite me, for instance, to a golf outing, I would not attend. There's not any question about that. I don't do it. I was never good at it. It got worse. <laughs> Bill, I'm so and, shocked. And, I'm surprised. But you give me hope because everybody asks if I play golf and I don't play golf. <laughs> the, the last time I played golf, I nearly killed a duck. <laughs> and the, this duck was peacefully swimming around in this pond for, that Mind my ball was business. headed for. <laughs> That's so good. But... If you were if you were to invite me to a workshop at a local Apple store on how to how to recover old family photographs, I'm in. Mm, yeah. If you did something in the late spring on fly fishing, I'm in. Mm. I agree, man. And, and it, what we what we what we know is if you invite people to events about which they are passionate, they'll come and they'll oftentimes ask if they can bring someone. That is such a great point. I, I agree with you 100%. It's really about, it's building that relationship. And I always make the point to financial advisors that when the market turns and you've lost money for me in my investment, if you're just a financial advisor that's investing my money, all you are is a vendor at that point. All you are is a, just like a computer. All you are is just investing money and, and telling me the results. If you're the guy that's taking me fly fishing, well, it's a lot harder for me to move my money from you because you're the guy that took me to a birthday lunch. You're the guy that, you know, took me fly fishing. So it's all about that personal relationship that you're just building. It gives you that opportunity. So it's really a retention yeah, so, play as well, not only just a referral play. It's a, it's a huge retention play. Now, the third strategy is, the, is really the crown jewel. you got to be doing the first two. 
Well, what do you think? Should we should we tell them tell them the referral strategy, but don't give them the details? We're gonna make you guys have to go watch this webinar because it is totally right. worth. I, I won't. Watching. I won't tell them. I won't tell them this last one. Then. Yeah, it's the crown jewel. You guys are probably hating me right now for saying this, <laughs> but I want to tease you guys to go watch this webinar because. You know, Bill goes, he's shared with you guys some stuff here. He goes even into more detail on the webinar. It's an incredible webinar. And so we want to tease it for you guys to go listen to. And we're going to plug the, you know, URL here at the end. Josh plugged it at the beginning. We'll also put it in the show notes. But, you know, Bill, let's change gears a little bit. So you've given them two strategies, right? And we're going to tease the last one. Yep. And we're going to hold it from you. <laughs> I kind of, I want to, you know, pick your brain because, you know, I'm young in business, right? And I ask this question all the time to people who come on this, um, you know, podcast. It's something I want to know, you know, when you look at success, right? Because you're very successful when I look at your career. Everybody's looking for this magic formula of success. And we know it's not out there, at least in the years I've been doing business. There's no magic formula. But I'm wondering, is there a certain routine that you do? Is there something you would recommend that you've seen that's driven success both in your life and in your personal life and in your business life? Is there is there something that you would point to that has driven success for you? Stay at it. <laughs> Stay at it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've had uh, a few near-death experiences along the way. Let's, let's try... Uh, uh, 1987. Let's try the tech wreck. Mm. Mm. Uh, when the, the clients that we had all of a sudden were deeply hurting and getting them to part with some of their money was a challenge to say the least. And it, part of somebody, somebody said, I don't remember who it was. Somebody said half of success is just showing up. I don't remember who said that, but partly that's true. And in any in any successful career, any people that I know who have made it to the end of the rainbow, so to speak, they they wallowed in the mud, they got hit a few times, and they got up and shook shook off the the slop that they just fell in and kept going. Mm -hmm. And that that would be my first lesson. My second lesson would be learn from people who did it before you. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to just tell you a little, a little story on this, which is what helped me get started. And there's a message here. I had started when I, when I retired from my job, I was doing some consulting work for people that were heavily telephone prospecting. And I saw an ad in the, in the Los Angeles Times called, um, how to become a, how to set up your own consulting practice, something like that. Okay. And I thought, well, I've kind of done that, but there's still stuff I don't know. So I showed up at this Saturday Saturday thing. I paid $55. There were 200 people there, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And this guy's name was Howard Shenson. He stood up and for better part of eight hours told people how to do things like contracts and bid jobs, and there was stuff I didn't know. I took a lot of notes. But as I watched him do that, I'm thinking – I'm as good a speaker as he is. Hmm. I can do this. I don't want his topic, but I, I, that's, I, I, I'd rather consult for 200 people than one. Hmm. I mean, how stupid is that? <laughs> now, Howard, Howard had a, um, 
a notice in his ad that said participants at the seminar may call the presenter with questions. Well, I figured his, his, his seminar, his question, his phone would be ringing off the hook. Not true. I was the only one who called him. Wow. That's crazy. That is a golden nugget right there. The only one that called. I was the only one who called him and I called him up and I told him, you know, I attended your seminar and he said, I told him, I said, I, I want to do what you do. And you said I could call you, so here I am. And I, I'd like I love to know, that. Will, you, will you help me? And he thought about it for a minute, and he said yes. That is so awesome. And so he taught me, he, t- he showed me some of the real basics, like how big should an ad be? What section of the paper should it be in? What should it say? I, I'd write an ad, and this was even before a fax machine. I'd drive it out to Woodland Hills. They'd correct it for me. Wow. And the, the first seminar I gave, but I gave one in Los Angeles, and, and a day later I did one in Orange County. And I had about 200 people in, in, in both of them. And I'd never seen, I hadn't seen that much money in one place ever. <laughs> and uh, my wife and I took him and his wife out to dinner. And I told him, I said, Howard, I said, I could not pay you even now what, you're, what I'm sure you're worth. So what can I do? And he said, well, he said, when you become successful, which you will, somebody's going to come along and they're going to need some help. And he said, I want you to help them, but you have to tell them it's from me. That's incredible. I still do it. That's awesome. Yeah, that is an incredible, incredible story, man. So many golden nuggets there. Uh, inspirational stuff. So hey, you, you kind of answered even my second question, which was going to be, you know, what would you tell younger Bill looking back? You know, what would you tell your younger self to do? Uh, but I'm curious, you know, you've had so many years coaching business owners and salespeople. What do you think the biggest mistake is that you see people making when they're running their business? Well, somebody said a person has two ears and one mouth, and they should therefore listen twice as much as they talk. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> and my whole sales technique is totally built around questions. Mm. And I, I might, out of a one-hour presentation, maybe I'll ask questions for 45 minutes mm. until I know exactly what they need. And then I'll say, here's what we can do. And I don't, I don't do that until I know that. And I hear people today, they think sales is talking. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's a great question right be, there. It's, it's funny. We ask so many people that question and we always get, <clears throat> I was, and even when we talked about it ourselves, yeah. but I always feel like people have to over explain it. And I love it. It's just what what would what do you do every single day? Stay at it. Yep, stay at it. Just show up, keep doing it. If <laughs> it's you a great fail, hashtag, pick yourself stay up, at it. Keep going. So awesome. Right. Love the simplicity of that. Anybody can apply that every single day. It just takes the commitment, the dedication, the discipline to keep at it. Thank you so much for being here, Bill. It was awesome having you. Uh, before we close, let people know where they can find you, connect with you, uh, find out about your marketing system. Okay. Uh, our website is billgoodmarketing.com. Uh, we have a lot of white papers. We have lots of good free information Tons and of there's free lots of phone, 
there's phone numbers that you can call if you'd like to find out more. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank Feel you so marketing. much. Com. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today on Stay Paid, which I you have to. Yes. You there's so many have. golden nuggets. So <laughs> many. <laughs> Go onto iTunes, give us a five star rating. Make sure to leave a comment. You can also find our podcasts, including this one, in video on youtube.com slash reminder media or staypaidpodcast.com. Make sure to tell someone about this podcast today. They're sure to learn something from it. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. Bill, just thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really, really enjoy and appreciate your authenticity and your simplicity of how you just explain things. And there's just a common theme. Every time I interview really successful people, um, they just have a common thread woven through them. And it just shows you, you know, life, you know, kind of takes everybody on a journey and we, we climb the mountain maybe different ways, but the principles of life are the same. And, uh, you know, I think the action item, because we always try to close out every state paid, you know, podcast with an action item because it does one thing to listen, guys. But if you don't put things into action, then you'll never make progress. And so it's always about taking action. I think the action item I would ask all of you to do is, it would be a really interesting exercise to call the people closest to you mm-hmm. and literally do that test that Bill did to me on this podcast. Yeah. And use do a couple different ones, right? A couple different industries, yeah, but yeah. plug your industry in there. So if you're a real estate agent, have, you know, real estate agent in there. Yeah. So ask them fast food, who do you think of? Boom, and see if they mention your name because that will That's speak volumes to <laughs> how you test. have created top of mind awareness yeah, with yeah. your own closest 50 people. Like yeah. and it will be a fun right. test. It yeah. will be like something fun. Yeah. To do. So that would be the action item I would give you. And then the other action item, because I can't help but have two on this podcast, there's just so many good ones. The other action item is really sales really is not about talking. That is so powerful. It is truly about listening and understanding people's pain points and understanding, like Tony Robbins says, it's either their greatest pain points or their irresistible desires. And once you understand someone's desire and you understand their pain point, then you as a salesman can pre- or present, for lack of a better word, your solution yeah. to those things and how you can help them achieve yeah. and overcome that. So guys, and the, before, before you yes. close, I just want to make sure we get this out. Out there, the the webinar. Yes, the webinar. Before we close, this is your third action item. Yes, third Which action. Well, you have to. Episode. They're going to want to check out this webinar. The third no one doubt. is to go to the webinar. Hear that final point that we tease a little bit on the on this podcast. The URL is remindermedia.com/slash/referral-webinar. Also, check that out. Difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any industry is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 